Thank you for tuning into IoT Connect, where we're covering some of the most interesting topics, trends, and news around the Internet of Things. IoT Connect is brought to you by Teal, a wholly owned, patented, GSMA-certified eSIM platform that connects any IoT device to any network around the world. Now, I'm excited to welcome you all to this episode of IoT Connect. If you're like us and you're passionate about IoT, be sure to like this video and hit that subscribe button below so you don't miss a beat. Today, I'm excited to welcome Dave Haight and Kyle Pickens to our show. Dave is the Vice President of IoT at Global Star, and he joined the company after his success developing the IoT business at AT&T, as well as other companies. Also joining us is Kyle Pickens, who serves as the Vice President of Strategy and Communications at Global Star. Kyle joined Global Star from Steelhead Partners, a longtime Global Star investor. So for anyone who's out there who's looking to learn more about satellite communications technology, who's also interested in what the future of satellite will look like, this show is for you. Global Star is one of the leaders in satellite technology, connecting users in areas where traditional networks are either unreliable or unavailable. I'm excited about today's discussion. Dave and, and Kyle, welcome to our show. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. So let's start off by talking about Global Star's current satellite solutions. Um, can either of you give an overview of Global Star and your current products? Well, both of us actually can. So <laughs> I'll start and I'll throw a few things out and then Kyle, please uh, add in. So uh, Global Star, we've been in business for over 30 years providing satellite services. Um, we uh, have a LEO, which is a low Earth orbit constellation. and we uh, focused around a, a handful of, of different products and services. Uh, my area is the IoT business, and we've been in the IoT business for over 15 years, supplying uh, low packet data solutions to customers, most of which we uh, work in a wide range of verticals in IoT. So that would include um, everything from oil and gas to uh, marine to government. So there's a wide range of verticals that we provide services to. Um, in most cases, we provide both modems and finished products to our customers for them to use and connect to our satellites. We also have our spot products, which are uh, our safety and security, as, as well as our two-way messaging devices that work in uh, remote areas for uh, lone workers, remote workers, and outdoor enthusiasts that are off the grid. One thing that's unique about Global Star relative to any of the other, you know, satellite operators, a number of satellite operators have worked to get terrestrial uh, spectrum authorized um, um, over the years. Uh, we we were successful in doing so a number of years ago. Um, you know, the Global Star satellite network works over four different bands. Um, it goes up in an L band, a piece of L band. It goes down to the device uh, in a S band, and then uh, it's a bent pipe architecture. So. Um, from the satellites to ground stations goes over two different parts of uh, the C-band spectrum. We converted our uh, a part of our S-band spectrum uh, to terrestrial use uh, with the FCC. Um, and uh, we call that, we've taken that through 3GPP standardization uh, as band 53 or N53 for 5G. And then we've gotten uh, into the Qualcomm chipsets and uh, built out the ecosystem with uh, people like Airspan, who's a radio vendor uh, and Nokia, uh, who most people will know. Um, and we are, we're trying to commercialize that spectrum around the world. Uh, right now, uh, we have terrestrial, auth terrestrial authorization in 10 countries. 
Uh, we expect to have uh, some new countries in the relative near term, um, but the countries that we have now are the U.S., Canada, Brazil, South Africa, um, and then a number of other countries in Africa. Uh, we're working on on uh, most continents around the world uh, right now. So uh, we think it's a very interesting, very large um, opportunity, and uh, we've been working hard hard at it for a number of years now. So let's let's dig in a little bit further. You know, this S band, this terrestrial band fifty three. This announcement from Qualcomm um, and and this announcement for those listening is is about their newest Snapdragon chipset that now includes Global Start's band fifty three spectrum. I mean, this is major news because we're talking about spectrum that was previously zoned for non terrestrial use. That's now zoned for terrestrial use. Can we talk a little bit about what your strategy is for unlocking new use cases for Band 53? And maybe you can describe how you're positioned against others in the space. Sure. So, um, you know, I, I think that it's a 10 megahertz. Uh, first of all, it's a 10 megahertz resource. It's TDD. Um, in the U.S., it's low power, and a few other countries, it's low power. We have we have no power restrictions in a number of the countries in Africa, um, because it's you know across so many different geographies, and, and we we do control the spectrum resource you know coast to coast, um, and so we, the way we think about it is we can do we could do a number of different things. We could do private networks. We could do you know we could work with the MNOs. We could work with cable companies. We could work with large tech companies. We could work with you know the system integrators. Um, so it's it's really kind of a, a, a kind of a greenfield opportunity, um, and we can try things in in some markets and then do something else in other markets. So um, you know we we've only done a few deployments so far. We're at the you know port of LA uh, with with Nokia, which has been announced. Um, we have a mine in South Africa. Uh, we're working very closely with the system integrator uh, in, in in South Africa on a bunch of other mining opportunities. Uh, the group's called Sedna. Um, and then we also work very closely with Nokia's NDAC group, um, who are you know constantly looking for new opportunities for us. Um, you know, CBRS did a, a a great job of you know kind of building market awareness of what private wireless uh, can do for companies. Um, and we're you know grateful for the the success that they've had, um, but the reality is it's not really licensed spectrum. It's you know lightly licensed spectrum, and there's a number of you know opportunities that we're looking at that are you know close to the coast, which have you know when CBRS when Navy ships are around CBRS goes down, and if it's mission critical, you really can't risk that you know kind of drop in connectivity. And so we think that there's opportunity for us over time to work hand in hand with CBRS where, and we've, we've taken in, in 3GPP, we have carrier aggregation with uh, CBRS and uh, five gigahertz. And so you could have a deployment where you're using both CBRS and then, you know, band 53 for the, the mission critical opportunities, but, you know, it's a 10 megahertz resource, which, you know, when you're thinking of uh, very wide bands, like, you know, we're using now with millimeter wave, uh, it's, you know, it's a smaller resource, but, you know, it's, it, it works very well. It's, you know, at the, at the wavelength that can penetrate walls and, and go far enough, but it's a, it's great for small cell private uh, networks overall. 
Fantastic. So we're talking about about terrestrial networks. Let's go back and talk a little bit about some of the other solutions that you mentioned earlier. So when we think about Global Star, we oftentimes think about Global Star having to focus on enabling life-saving technologies. Can you talk about how your commercial IoT and spot solutions support this mission and maybe give some examples of, um, of use cases where these solutions can be applied? Yeah, so when you look at um, safety and, and certainly personnel safety, personal safety management that many companies have, our spot devices uh, are what are targeted for those markets. And we really have four different um, you know, capabilities and products in that category. Now, our spot acts is a device that actually looks like a BlackBerry to kind of look at it because it has a keypad and a little screen. And that is a two-way messaging device. And that is really designed for, there you go, thanks, Carl. Um, and that, that device uh, is used by uh, a lot of remote users um, and workers in oil fields, and mines, agriculture, construction, and they're all outside the grid. And many times they are working either by themselves or in small groups and they need to text message between each other and also has an SOS button so if they do have an emergency, uh, they can, uh, you know, obviously with importance, we know where they are, and we have a service that provides that type of uh, response. It's true also for consumers. A lot of consumers use that device. I was just talking to some folks in Canada today, and they use it for their snowmobile, and they have a snowmobile. Uh, a friend of mine who's a pilot uh, always takes that device with him when he flies his plane. And so those are some of the examples that, that uh use cases that they use and uh, kind of the outdoors adventurous types of things. Um, so to date, we've had uh, getting close to 9,000 rescues with um, those devices. Wow. Where you can just press S the SOS or uh, the, the accelerator, you know, knows that, uh, that those coordinates that that person needs a response. And in the text message, you can go back and forth and text if need so. So that's, uh, so we've been saving a lot of lives for a lot of years. 9,000 rescues. That is so impressive. Yeah, it really is when you think about it. Um, and again, as I said, it's been you know, a business that we've been providing service for many years. Um, and again, all, all over the world, um, they're deployed in, in all aspects of, of, of global uh, footprint. So you think about today's current product set. And and you, you mentioned you know duplex. You've got the spot solutions. You've got commercial IoT business. Um, but is it fair to say that the terrestrial networks is still a small piece of that pie today? It's extremely small. I mean, we're we're really just getting started. Um, you know, we kind of we went through this process thinking that you know for a long time that we just needed to do the next thing, and then the whole world would come to us, and um, and then a few. I guess probably two years ago, we kind of laid out the full process to get spectrum to where it you know can be commercially deployed, and we're we're basically at the very end of that. So there's there's very little barriers to deploy our band fifty three now, um, but that's you know that took a long long time to work through. So we expect you know the next several years to be where that that really grows uh, quite dramatically. I think that's that's one other thing that we've been. You know, this is kind of more from an investor perspective than, you know, just like an industry perspective. But, you know, the way that we think about the business is that 
we've been talking about it in four pillars where we have, you know, the legacy business, um, we have the wholesale business, um, and then we have um, the legacy, they have, we have the IOT business and then, um, and then the terrestrial spectrum. And so, you know, the legacy business provides and the wholesale business provide, you know, stable cash flow and a, and a, and a strong base um, for us to grow. And then we're really looking for the IoT business, which we think can be very, very large, and the terrestrial spectrum, um, which also could be very, very large uh, to drive growth into the future. And that's what you know, Dave and I both are, are working on those two segments. So you mentioned the the barriers to to entry for IOTs with with your networks being low. Uh, we talked about um, some some other technologies like CBRS. And how Global Star is maybe different, but also complementary to these technologies. Can we discuss the need for hybrid solutions and why you know hybrid networks are going to be uh, really what what the future looks like when it comes to reliable connectivity? Um, I'll start, and then Dave, yeah. you you go on with it. Um, so, I mean. I think one of the things that we're finding is that there's a lot, a large number of users of that would be private network customers would also like the ability to connect over the satellite network. So, you know, think of any large movable equipment, uh, you know, it could be anything, um, but any of those types of pieces of equipment, whenever they are in the private network, they need, they likely need large bandwidth, which is, you know, our satellite network is is not capable of providing, you know, high bandwidth services. Um, it's just the nature, it's the nature of the network plus the spectrum position that we have. Um, and so, but when you're in the private network, you could, you know, do data uploads, you could, you know, update software, you could take off a bunch of video data, you know, you can do all of those things using the private network. You can remotely control equipment, uh, which you know, I think is a a big thing that we'll see going forward. I was actually in uh, Las Vegas earlier this week, and they have a, a company called like Halo.io or something like that that's remotely controlling Teslas, driving people around. Um, I think that's right. Um, and then, um, but then you still need to have that assurance that you know a piece of equipment that might be two hundred and fifty thousand to half a million bucks in some cases, you know, if it goes outside of that private network, you can, you know, you could shut it down if it's stolen, or you can, you know, you, you can know where it is. You can, <clears throat> you can do various things like that. I think that's a, that's probably, that's a big market that we'll, we'll be focusing on where, where the two sides of Global Star's growth segments can, can work very well together. It, uh, to Kyle's point was that this convergence of multiple networks and our focus obviously is around satellite private network and utilization of that bandwidth to terrestrial, as well as working with cellular, because um, as Kyle was pointing out, those the use cases many times are either uh, very mobile that are going in and out of all three of those networks, or they will be fixed in a certain period of time and any one of them are permanently fixed. And so any one large customer, especially large enterprises, have assets that can move around quite a bit. And so that network management between those uh, those networks is an important part of uh, the future of IoT. And we have a tremendous focus on that component of network management. In fact, we've got 
some new products that we'll be bringing to market next year that will address those multiple network capabilities and ability for an enterprise customer to be able to have a single device that works very well between all these uh, different networks. And so that would be a big part of our strategy in 2023. When we talk about being network agnostic and technology agnostic, how do you see eSIM fitting in um, to the future of, of Global Star? Well, I'll, I'll hit it first. I think it kind of falls into just part of what I was just commenting is that um, when we look at large global customers that have um, IoT needs that are, that are across different network capabilities, they will have assets in different markets and different regions of the world. And I think that uh, SIM management for networks, as well as network management between uh, network technologies is going to be very important. Uh, A large oil company uh, is going to have to deploy assets that have a very similar use case. and They need a device that can move between multiple networks but also uh, may have to move between different wireless carriers uh, and different networks on that side uh, of the equation. And so we're, that, that importance uh, to IoT, I think, is going to be even growing uh, with great velocity in the, in the next few years. Um, I think also with 3GPP MTN coming into the marketplace, it becomes even more important as we manage that technology across different networks. So we talked about some hybrid networks, and one thing that I'd like to delve a little bit deeper on is this multi-mode communications. Can we talk about uh, some of the use cases that are going to need um, multi-mode and also perhaps go into who some of the players are uh, as far as technologies that are meeting that need today? Yeah, it's a great, great point. When you look at the, the growth of certainly IoT, and you look at the growth of satellite IoT among within that, uh, the biggest growth over the next five years will be in, in what is called two-way multi-mode. In fact, the multi-mode component or multiple networks, what that means, which is the satellite and cellular in combination with private network or other technologies, uh, that's more than twice as much growth as just the two-way and and one-way growth of, of satellites. So it is the primary focus of the, the future of IoT. And so when you look at some of the verticals that really need this type of multi-network uh, connectivity and ability to uh, uh, you know, utilize con- con- connectivity across different networks, you're really looking at mining, uh, you're looking at uh, oil and gas, Agriculture uh, are some of the biggest, and construction. Those are some of the largest ones that would need this multi-mode. Now, it it comes into play in others as well when it comes to transportation, uh, whether it's trucking or uh, or even uh, oceanic, you know, shipping. Uh, but the the biggest verticals in the use cases are for those devices or assets that move in and out of those networks um, and have different payloads. For example, as you know, Kyle has mentioned, we're small packet data payloads, so it's or it's more like an MBIoT or CADM type of uh, uh, you know transmission on, on the cellular side of the business. 
And so uh, where you have larger payloads, uh, then you have to be in, you know, a network that has broadband, uh, such as cellular or a private network, as Carl has mentioned. So those use cases or those assets going in and out uh, between those networks is, is where this multi-mode or, or hybrid, sometimes it's called as well, will have will create a lot of value and drive a lot of the growth for satellite and cellular future. Thank you for that. Can you describe or discuss some of the players uh, who are addressing multi-mode or hybrid networking today and how you're positioned uh, against them? Yeah, so um, many of our comp competition has what they call dual mode today. And it's really uh, the first generation of having a cellular and a satellite uh, modem in a device. Um, and they are first, most of them, almost all of them are first generation. Um, and so the product that we're developing this year will be next generation uh, capabilities. And the biggest difference, and I think the way we're going to position this product a little differently, uh, is really in two areas. One is the area of the ability to do uh, network management between, between the different networks. And that's all driven by edge computing. And so we have a platform, an Apple enablement platform called Realm Enablement Suite. And that product itself, with our new devices that uh, have greater capabilities of managing data at the edge. So knowing when to switch from one network to the next and the parameters that can be pre-programmed and changed on a, on a regular basis as needed. Um, as to when you may want to change those parameters and change which network you're using based on coverage, uh, based upon cost, based upon network payload. Um, so all of those come into play. And so our products that are coming out, our integrity products with our Realm software will really position us extremely well for edge computing and to take advantage of this network management and multi-mode devices in the future. Well, excellent. So uh, we are are kind of at the end here, and I wanted to just get from you guys if somebody's interested in learning more about Global Star and your satellite technology, where can they learn more? Well, they can go to our website. Um, it's just www.globalstar.com. Um, I think we have a it's a it's a pretty comprehensive uh, website, and then you know, Dave and I are often at conferences and you know you can reach out to us on email uh, and happy to happy to discuss you know how we could work with you guys further or, or anybody else that's interested excellent well there you have it if you're like us and you're enthusiastic about iot be sure to like this video and click that subscribe button so you don't miss a beat be sure to tune into future episodes of iot connect you can learn more at tealcom.io slash iot connect Thank you to our listeners for tuning in. And thank you uh, to Dave and to Kyle for being on our show today. Awesome. Thanks, Rob. Thank Thanks, you. Okay.